In these lessons, I will attempt to penetrate your mind. You will attempt to resist. Prepare yourself. You two better change into robes. I expect we'll be arriving soon. Arlo and Hamora, potheads, how are we doing today? It is Jack O'Shea. With me, as always, is Jack Newhouse, my kill captain on this potterhead adventure. Howdy. How are you doing? I don't know why we're going to Australia, but yeah, so we are discussing chapter 10, uh, Halloween, Halloween today. And what's funny is uh, a little bit of deja vu. New and I actually, we recorded this last Thursday, but of course, me being the dunce that I am, I recorded- Stop it. Stop it. No, you stop it. <laughs> I recorded, uh, we have three microphones because we do a bunch of other stuff, uh, and I recorded two microphones, but I didn't record the one that had, I believe, your... I didn't record your mic. You didn't record my mic. We recorded a mic that's just sitting over there being judgy in the corner looking at us. And thus, it uh, was already late, and we were like, you know what? Fuck it. And you we know, though, this, this tonight's got a new feel to it. I think this is going to be a far better podcast. We've had the dry run through. I think... Uh, I'm ready to bring it. We'll, we'll see. Let's just get right into it. Before we do, uh, do we have any... We actually do. Uh, number one, potheads of the uh, of the fucking potheads universe. Of the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, sure. Uh, but we have some exciting news. Uh, our boy Bryce, who keeps everyone in check around here, yeah? got a promotion at work. And How? a win for anybody in the pothead community is oh. a win for all in the pothead the, community. The pothead community just got a, a promotion. I'm not sure what he does for a living. So I think this is positive news for all of us. What Maybe if, he works for like an evil corporation what and this is a bad thing. What if uh, Bryce is actually like Mike Pence's like <laughs> username and that and he's actually like yeah I got a promotion we just found out he's the president <laughs> we have the inside scoop on the impeachment yeah we're, and then there's like a 60 minutes about us because like one only one podcast knew <laughs> ahead of time even <laughs> Pence's closest aides didn't know uh, before you get going here, uh, before we dive into chapter 10 Halloween, of course, um, let me hit a couple corrections from our last podcast from chapter nine. Juice. Uh, we started talking about Hufflepuff for some reason. I, I was like vaguely asking who the head of the house was. And then we got caught up in the fact that Quirrell used to be the head of Ravenclaw. Maybe mm-hmm. still is. Uh, but Bryce wanted to remind us that professor Sprout is the head of Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about how JK Rowling, uh, Rowling wrote, uh, the part of Professor Snape with Alan Rickman in mind. Uh, he just threw in a little fun fact, though that is true. The studio originally wanted uh, Tim Roth, and it was only after he declined the role to play... Uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. Which is just the funniest idea <laughs> That you were ever. like, nah. <laughs> Tim Roth, who you guys might know, if not from Planet of the Apes, because he was you know, an ape in that, but uh, he was in that show Lie to Me. He was Mr. Orange in uh, Reservoir Dogs. The fact that he was like, you know, I got the Harry Potter series they want me in, and I got the Tim Burton's new Planet of the Apes franchise yeah. with Marky Mark, and he thought <laughs> that was the move. <laughs> One where he'd have to dress as an ape the entire time. Like, dude. It's a bummer we couldn't find a spot for Tim Roth later down the road. Because he, I, I think he belongs in the community. I don't think he, he's no fucking Rickman. He could, he could have played... He could have played like Peter Pettigrew, honestly. He's just kind of got that sort of. Yeah, he's got that the, face. The, 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 yeah, the, the face where you're like, I'd like to hit him. <laughs> um, he, he said nothing. And mean he's kind of his shtick is kind of he likes to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, you know. Ricky Gervais could have also played that in, in, a, in a delightfully humorous way, where it's like, shut up, Ricky. Um, uh, anything else? Yes, yeah, so we talked about the room of requirements. You said uh, that it moves. Uh, Bryce is going to come at you here and embarrass you Dude, in front I, of all 20 of our listeners. Uh, 
It does not move. It is located on the seventh floor in the left corridor and has a hidden entrance opposite the tapestry, depicting the attempt of Barnabas the Bami to teach trolls ballet. Dude, I knew, I actually knew that while I was saying it, and I was like, it definitely doesn't move. <laughs> the inside moves, kind of, Bryce. But yeah, he's right. He's right. <laughs> Uh, also, the way to open the room is to walk past it three times, thinking about what you need, and the door will magically appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, last, we talked about JFK Jr. Uh, and how old he was the time of JFK's assassination. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a sad little note here. Uh, he was actually uh, three or two the day of the assassination, but three the day the photo was taken at the funeral of him saluting. He Damn. died three days before well, JFK Jr.'s A sad birthday. life brutal but he got laid a ton so so but there we are we're, we're we're now back on track and we're still batting a thousand and and let's play ball now let's play hit ball. me with that young money recap hit that page let me just pull up chapter 10 really quick so i can read it i also by the way i like to think that bryce you know i'm sure he's doing some googling and, he, and he's getting after it but i like to think that he just knows all, all the stuff <laughs> off the cuff well he's got the death eater tattoo on his forearm that's how you know he's legit that is selling in right that's that's, that's, that's fine that's full commitment as buying in, I and I, I, if I was more of a Slytherin, I think I would, I would get that. Is selling in a phrase? Has it ever been a phrase? Sell out. You can sell out, and you can buy in. Buy in. No, you don't sell in. Could you? <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> Chapter ten, Halloween. Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes when he saw that Harry and Ron were still at Hogwarts the next day, looking tired but perfectly cheerful. Indeed, by the next morning, Harry and Ron thought the meeting the three-headed dog had been an excellent adventure, and they were quite keen to have another one. In the meantime, Harry filled Ron in about the package that seemed to have been moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts, and they spent a lot of time wondering what could possibly need such heavy protection. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. The boy who lived. Uh, fantastic, once again. Let's just get right into the summary. The next morning, Detective Harry and De- Detective Ron are on the case, brainstorming what three-headed dog could be guarding. The mail arrives, which means a flock of nocturnal birds fly through the windows and drop stuff on the tables. Harry gets a package that turns out to be a Nimbus 2000 broomstick and a note from the Gryffindor Quidditch team booster, Professor McGonagall, telling him to get his ass to Quidditch practice or so help me. Malfoy, not nosed as ever, tells Harry that the first years aren't allowed to have broomsticks <laughs> and rats him out to Professor Flitwick. Harry shoves this right back in Draco's stupid fucking face when Flitwick tells Draco that Harry is a hood rat and is allowed to do hood rat shit with his friends because he balls out like that and he's got it like that. Harry gets down to the Quidditch field and Olive Wood teaches him the ins and outs of Quidditch. The rules are ridiculous, but there's nothing we can do about that now. We'll discuss that more during the Quidditch game. Ugh, cool name. In Charms class, Professor Flitwick teaches Harry and friends how to make things fly. Hermione's the only one who succeeds, and Ron, being a young boy who just started puberty, says something mean about Hermione under his breath. She hears him and runs away crying. At the Halloween feast, Professor Quirrell runs in and yells, Troll in the dungeon! The prefect leads the other students... Prefects lead the other students back to their dorms because obviously the best thing to do when there's a serious threat in a building that you have not successfully located yet is to have everyone just scatter. Mm -hmm. Harry realizes that Hermione doesn't know about the troll, so he and Ron run to the bathroom to warn her. On their way, however, they run into said troll who was wielding a club and breaking shit because he also is a hood rat and (laughs) likes to do hood rat stuff with his friends. (laughs) Using teamwork and a positive attitude, the trio knock the troll out with his own club hoisted by his own batad. Professor McGonagall (laughs) then runs up and yells at Harry and Ron for looking at the troll, but Hermione steps in and tells McGonagall that Harry and Ron were just trying to protect 
and protect her, and she was the one looking for the troll. Why Hermione did that doesn't make any sense, because <laughs> she could have just said the truth, that she was crying in the bathroom, and that it came to save her, and that no one would get in trouble. Nonetheless... Why were you crying? Hermione and Harry and Ron are now just straight homies. Boom. Now, She's vetted. She's in. And evermore, until Ron and Hermione's messy divorce... Ron took uh, Harry. She took the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, top to bottom, good chapter. Mm-hmm. Good chapter. Uh, solid stuff. Uh, once again, the book is batting a thousand, still beating mm-hmm. the movie up. Uh, let me get into the movie differences, though. Uh, Malfoy calling out Harry's broom, uh, as well as he and Ron's follow-up conversation on broomsticks, never happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. So basically in the books, uh, obviously the thing is uh, the broomstick is dropped. That happens in the movies, but as they walk out, he, they have a standoff. With Malfoy, and that, as Jack alluded to, the the hood rat shit with Flitwick and yeah. Malfoy being a bitch and the the whole thing. Uh, other differences: Ron calls Hermione a nightmare in the books, uh, to which she overhears and runs away. In the movies, all he, he all Hermione hears him say is, uh, "Fucking." It's no wonder why she doesn't have any friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the books, and so in the movies, it's it's after the fact that uh, she like she says she's a nightmare. She runs away crying. And then she goes, it's no wonder she hasn't got any friends. In this, she hears, it's no wonder she hasn't got any friends. On the mean scale, that is f- fucking apples and oranges. That is a million miles away. Yeah, because one of them is real and one of them is hyperbole. She's yeah. obviously not She's a not nightmare. a nightmare, no. So it's like, oh, uh, she's annoying me. And then the other one's like, yeah. And at a distance, too. And a people don't like you. A nightmare is almost an endearing term. That's that, that, that can be overcome. And also, just a little bit of a shed a light on, on you know, well, let's keep in mind Hermione's situation. She is, like Harry, someone who was unaware that this world existed until fairly recently. Yeah. She's now at a school with a bunch of people. She knows nobody in this whole new society. It's been two weeks, and she has no friends. Like, I wonder how many kids like that and uh, you have to get homesick. Like kids right. get homesick uh, uh, in college. I guess this is what happens though when you stick a kid like this in Gryffindor. You got to grow yes. up fast on the fly. Yeah. Otherwise, most of these kids get sent to Hufflepuff where there's a little bit more handholding yeah. going on. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, That's it. Is yeah. Uh, really we learn this at the end of the first movie, but in the books, it's shown here in the story. Uh, we see Snape uh, not going to the dungeon with the rest of the teachers, but instead going somewhere else. Now, obviously, just being a movie watcher, I know this is revealed at the end of the movies that he was going to head off Snape, who was this whole thing was or going to head off Quirrell Mm -hmm. because this whole thing was a diversion to go and, you know, go by Fluffy. Uh, So it's just interesting that that was withheld from this chapter. I've noticed a lot of that. There's a lot of like Snape and Quirrell stuff that they had to take out because I think if you show it explicitly visually and you can't hide it in one page of. 300 yeah that's a good point because yeah yeah, in movies you know we we know this because we do sketches go to our instagram poolboy.com and you'll see our (laughs) sketches but uh in in, uh movies what they tend to do is obviously they're filming you know the scene but also like where the focus is is where people's eyes are Mm -hmm. and so if you show something in focus we're so trained to look for twists that you will immediately be like, oh, Snape's going a different direction. Why would they show me that? It must be important. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. And so it's kind of almost better to just be like, hey, ignore it. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, and, and in the movie, he shows up, or Snape does, and he's got the, the like, his pant leg is torn, basically. 
Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, it's a more subtle way of Harry looking at it and being like, oh, you fuckface, you weren't with the troll. We were with the troll. What exactly. happened? Exactly. So Christopher Columbus, you get a pass on that one. Uh, casting questions for you. There, what we didn't really meet anybody new in this one, uh, except for the troll. Oh, uh, this you. is super dumb, super dumb, but just humor me here. How do you think the troll did? You think, I think he, the troll you think he brought some justice to the I, role? I think the troll did well. Keep in mind, though, too, like literally, if you go, if you go back and you watch like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, man, that CGI sucks. Like you wonder if <laughs> it's amazing. When I was, I just went to do the thumbnail for this, and we wanted a picture of the troll. Mm-hmm. That thing looks terrible. Like wor- looks worse than video games were in like the mid nineties. Yeah, it's re- it's a joke. It's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. Uh, the the amount of we have progressed, it ju- just just in that. Uh, and so the troll, yeah. If you watch it, it's like, oh, what is that? Is that for the the troll from uh, Lego Harry Potter? The video it game? seems like it. If you get lost in that, yeah, sure. Uh, by the, I, by the way, I've got more questions about the troll. We're gonna get back to it, but let's start hitting up let's dive uh, right in. just the overall questions for the chapter. Number one, the chapter is called Halloween. Mm-hmm. Is Halloween because obviously it's a spooky day and people dress up yeah. like witches and wizards and the whole thing. Uh, is it any more significant in the magical universe than it is in the Muggle universe? It is not. It is not more significant in the sense of like you might think. Oh, it's you know the day when all the muggles dress up as witches and wizards, so maybe it's some sort of yeah. In my know, mind, it's like magical Easter. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> you think it was like Christmas for them, but they do celebrate Christmas. Uh, Jesus was a wizard, actually. I don't know. <laughs> Christ, tell me. Um, but that's gonna poke some holes. That's gonna bother some people. <laughs> oh, I don't think they even touch it. But um, yeah, it's like when they made uh, John F. Kennedy a, a mutant in X Men. Um, <laughs> But no, it's not a special day. It is the day, though, that uh, Voldemort went uh, into Godric's Hollow and killed. Yeah, okay, so it is Willie kind of there. It's their, I always want to say 4th of July, but it's like their V day. It's their V day. It's yeah. their victory day. It's the end of the war. It's day. So, But they don't really mention it. Uh, and obviously, it's got some, some weight for Harry. Mm-hmm. That's, but, a, that's a toughie. But it's not like, I mean, during this day, it's not like, yeah, Harry needs to be alone. Yeah. He is still at magic camp. You know, it's still, still a great day. He, okay. He's on a team now. Um, this isn't so much of a question, more of just, I want to open up this discussion again. Mm-hmm. I brought it up in the last podcast. I want to do it again. McGonagall's recruiting violations are getting out of control. They're obscene. Uh, now they're dropping a broom in, in front of the entire school in the Great Hall, in the most public forum you could possibly do it in. Uh, this is absolute bullshit. She's just putting her dick out on the table here. And putting up a middle finger to anybody else who wants to compete. Now, to me, mm-hmm. as we discussed in the first podcast, who's a Hufflepuff sympathizer, mm-hmm. as a guy who's who's a part of the small programs, who's always get, watching the Blue Bloods, the, the Rutgers, the fucking the Louisvilles, and the North Carolinas, and the, and the Dukes of the world, yeah. we had one academic violation at SMU, Jack. And we've got fucking four scholarships now for like 20 and years. We're paying out the nose for it. And we're really paying for it. But Meanwhile, you know North Carolina's gone to the last seven tournaments. All Slytherin and Gryffindor have to do is just wave that TV money at you and be like, hey, we're not good. The league's not good. And and I think that's why yeah. they get away with so much garbage. I'm getting You're ramped totally up. Right. But it's just I want to know the rules so I can play by them. Let me, let me know what the rules are. And then we'll all get going. If, I, if, if we can get fucking Quirrell and, and Flitwick tossing out broomsticks, we'll get our guys on it. The rules, we'll get boosters in line. The rules are really pretty much just like the professors can do whatever the fuck they want. The, the <laughs> kids have to follow these rules unless the professor says you don't. It's it's pretty pretty unreal. I, ju- I just want to compete. That's it. I just I'm sorry. I just want to <laughs> compete. Um, 
Another just kind of discussion point here, after Harry gets the broomstick, uh, as we both alluded to, you and your recap and me and my movie differences, uh, there's the argument that he and Ron have with Malfoy outside the Great Hall, where Malfoy basically walks up and is like, what's in the package there? And deduces that it's a broomstick. Mm -hmm. To which I have to say, Draco, fucking way to go, pal. You're you're a world-class detective. Can you imagine what a broomstick wrapped up might look like? I think it would look a fucking uh, only like a broomstick. I don't would, think you could mistake it for anything else in the world. Unless it came in like an elongated box. And <laughs> even then, Draco, you've probably seen enough of those elongated boxes to be like, that's a fucking broom. I think the fucking broom part of it yeah. is hanging out the fucking wrapping. I, I, it is in the movie. I completely agree with you. <laughs> okay. Draco's stupid. He's also a snitch. You know what happened to snitches? <laughs> I do. We kill him. Hermione, <laughs> Hermione appreciates these yeah. roles. We'll get to that later. Uh, you said we're not even going to discuss Quidditch. They talk about a couple of the lines. I'm going to save the exact quotes because mm. they're honest to God contrasting. Yeah. And the next chapter is Quidditch, and we'll just rip it apart. I'm really excited to hear the quotes from <laughs> By the way, we're very much Harry Potter fans. We're celebrating all of these chapters. We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This first book is the most like critical we will ever be. And it's because, let's all be honest with it, it's the time you can be. This is the time JK compromised the most with the editors. Exactly. Uh, it definitely is. Yeah. This is definitely the book where they were like, make it on broomsticks. And uh, <laughs> we need Harry to be more of a part. So let's make the... Uh, the point's a little bit more important. Like, well, then it's not a game. Then it's just a game called Seekers, and the ball yeah. is the snitch, and everybody else is just decoration <laughs> on this stupid... <laughs> Go on. Okay. Um, then moving past that, another kind of just discussion point. We go to Charms class. Hermione, again, distances herself in this class. So as a muggle-born girl, she's rolled into two classes and is just clearly head and shoulders above the rest of it. She's yeah. the only one that could turn the thing into a needle in the help me out with what that type of magic is, transfiguration. Yes. And here in Charms, she's the only person that can make shit fly. She's an absolute star. Here's the big point I want to make. She's paired up with Ron. Mm-hmm. I submit this is day one of the relationship. Even though it doesn't get off to the best of terms, I submit this is day one. It's at the desks when they're working, and all of a sudden Ron relaxes that jaw a little bit. The only <laughs> the only reason why I think it, you you might not see it that way is because I think it was more meant to be to show how alienated Hermione felt that even her lab partner was the one guy w- that she w- was, clearly, was against her. Yeah, of all the people in the room where you could be like, yeah, but I mean, you know, she's friends with her lab partner. Mm-hmm. he's the one who's saying she has no friends. By the way, I think this is this is probably up for debate. It might not even be just a fact, but I think you could argue to be a Slytherin, it's not just about um, ambition. Mm-hmm. You have to be ambitious to the point of you're like willing to be a cutthroat for it. Yeah. Because Hermione should almost, like, she, you could make a case for being in literally any of these houses. You can make a case for pretty much everybody being everywhere in these houses. The only, the only people that you, you couldn't are, like, young Draco. Because young Draco was too big of a, a, a pussy to, yeah. you know, go meet them out <laughs> at night. Like, b- besides that, pretty much everybody has, you know, nobody, you know, Voldemort, I guess you could say, was, you know, the personification of Slytherin. But everybody is a little bit of everything. It's like when you get the 23 and me back and it's like, oh, I thought I was 90% Italian. It's like, no, you're a quarter Italian. <laughs> you're a quarter Italian. You're a quarter Polish, and a quarter Ashkenazi Jew. <laughs> you saw that one coming. Way yeah. to go. <laughs> uh, where the fuck did the troll come from? This has always bothered me. 
Well, it's a mountain troll. I, I recognize that. Did Quirrell just go find this guy in the Forbidden Forest and leave a trail of fucking jelly beans back to the dungeon of Hogwarts and Dude. was like, come on, fella. I'll give you candy. I'll give you three wishes if you follow me. <laughs> I'll give you wishes. <laughs> I don't know because- uh, I'll make you fly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right because you can't operate inside of Hogwarts. So he couldn't reasonably just all of a sudden make the troll appear in Hogwarts. It would have to stumble through the doors and stuff like that. But there's too many people who are looking around right. for crazy shit to happen because crazy shit happens there for this to, he had to probably sneak in at night, keep it somewhere and then just like let it loose. Like it, it, it's pretty unbelievable that it, that it happened. And we're going to make this joke and Bryce that you actually might even have an answer for this, but can a mountain troll come from the forest? Wouldn't that be a forest troll? Well, the forest leads. Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Or have you never shame on me? Yeah. I uh, should say so. Let me. This brings up uh, a much bigger point, though. Th- this year, it's the troll, and eventually, it's going to be, uh, you know, Her- Ron, Harry, Hermione go down and have the whole secret dungeon battle with, mm-hmm. you know, Quirrell and Voldemort. Next year, it's the Chamber of Secrets, and we've got a basilisk rolling around. Mm-hmm. Next year, it is the most wanted criminal in the in the magical community, and he's on campus. Next year. We let one guy fucking go behind enemy lines and impersonate a professor. Point being, there's a fallacy going on that Hogwarts is the safest place on, on Earth. It's it, like, I think it's even said multiple times, there's no place safer than Hogwarts. Dumbledore's there. It is, it, that is like the biggest fallacy ever. There is nothing. This is the most dangerous place ever. I, th- I think it's kind of similar to like, you know, I'm from Washington, D.C. People saying like D.C. is like, in theory, D.C. is the safest place in the world. Because you have the Octagon. Or, oh, the Pentagon. Jesus Christmas. No, no. We also we, have, we have USC fights as well. The Octagon <laughs> is there as well. But we have the Pentagon. But we also have just like insane security <laughs> protocols. We have Secret Service everywhere. Our, I, I can't believe that you're one. You're good, baby. <laughs> I can't believe that one. <laughs> National Guard on the ready 24-7. We have all, uh, all of the, the majority of the military uh, colleges are like an hour away. We actually the only one of them is. But uh dc is incredibly safe when you think about it like that but at the same time it's like everyone's going to be is trying to attack dc totally so it's the safest theoretically it's the most well you know that i would say i'd be i'd say that hogwarts is the most well protected place but it's also by far the biggest target yeah. in all the wizarding world but you're totally right when we like that's a line that i wonder if jk Rowling could go back and change is hagrid saying well, Gringotts is the safest place in the world, except for Hogwarts. Except for is. Hogwarts. And it's like, <laughs> this just turns out to not be true. Get out of Hogwarts if Hogsmeade you want to be safe. Is much, much safer. Much safer. In fact, you could make the argument every other school in the world sees less deaths and injuries. I was going to argue. So if you're Hermione Granger's parents, okay, mm-hmm. and you're used to the standard public school system. Mm-hmm. You know, you thought she was going to go to PS fucking 14, go Lions. Yeah. And, and it was all going to be great. Uh, and then you send her off to this school and you're hearing about these problems. You know what's never happened in your local public school? Is what? that a fucking mountain lion or a bear is in the gymnasium. And now we got to tell the kids to scatter. Yeah. And the teachers are going to go deal with it. This that, is, that this, is this, never These problems have been dealt with. Why? We have fences and shit. Where are the fences? If a bear <laughs> broke into your school... <laughs> you're not the teachers aren't going to deal with it like no. it's but i mean that's the other thing too is like every teacher is. every student is packing <laughs> everyone's true. got a weapon that with you know it's kind of crazy that they all do because like we keep on mentioning like kids going through puberty it's a weird time they 
you know, it's you a matter s- of saying a couple words. You you believe what you're saying, and you say these few words, and you point at someone, you can fucking kill them <laughs> without even thinking. Just like Hoy. only one person survived that, and he's in my classroom right now. <laughs> um, uh, so moving on here, it was talked about that uh, Snape goes and heads off Quirrell. Not explicitly that he heads off Quirrell, even though that's what we know he's doing. But it's talked about that while the rest of the teachers were going to the dungeon, Snape was seen going to the third floor corridor or whatever the hell he was going. Yes. Um, going back to the movie differences and, uh, and doing all that, how did Snape know to head Quirrell off? And how did Snape know to ever be suspicious of Quirrell? Because the entire, like, when, at least from being a, a, a movie watcher, when Quirrell gives his whole uh, monologue at the end, it's basically Snape's been at me since day one. And I've got no idea how he would have known to be at Quirrell without shutting this down from day one and ripping his fucking turban off without, you know, you, you get you. The only uh, thing I know is that in the seventh book, when they have Snape's flashback and you go through and you know, it's, it's showing his childhood and you kind of realize he's a good guy and that whole spiel. I've sp- said spiel like 14 times, this podcast, <laughs> but that whole spiel, uh, there's a little flashback to year one book one and Dumbledore says to Snape, Hey, keep an eye on Quirrell, by the way. So Dumbledore was the one who sort of saw it. Uh He didn't know that it was necessarily Voldemort for sure. But I think he was like this, uh, this defense against the dark arts teacher. It's kind of a freaking psycho. Uh, (laughs) And he came back uh, pretty freaking weird. So uh, just keep an eye on him. So that's why Snape was immediately sort of, you know, called, you know, put his attention on Quirrell and, Throughout the book, you can sort of see he knows what Quirrell's up to. Mm-hmm. Quirrell knows that he knows what he's up to. I wonder why Quirrell never got worried that Snape was going to rat him out. Yeah, that he, he felt like he was fine with Snape. Like, like It was just if he could avoid Snape, he'd be fine. Like I wonder why when Snape caught Quirrell, you know, fucking with, uh, is it the bludger or is it the broomstick that goes rogue in this one? Uh, it's the bludger in this one. I think so. I think you're right. Yes. Uh, it's a rogue bludger. Uh, when that happens and Snape clearly catches it and Snape clearly stops it, I wonder why. Uh, no, it's the broomstick in this one. I take it back. I wonder why Snape didn't just immediately be like, "Yeah, I caught him. He did this." Mike, are you leaving? Yeah. We're going to Orange. Yeah, we'll just go. Nice. Hey. What a winner. So, yeah. Hey. Um, Go, Mike. <laughs> our roommate's leaving. He's going to get laid. Sick. Uh, but I wonder why Snape didn't just say to everyone, hey, Quirrell's bad guy. Let's uh, see what's under his fucking turban. Yeah. It's that's not for different. religious reasons. <laughs> right? Like, why? Why? No, it can't be. It what, couldn't possibly. What, what is the justification? I, like, it's not even that's not even a practice religion in albania as far as i know maybe it is what is the, i'm not i'm not well read in fact i just ha- called it the octagon this <laughs> happens all the time though where it's like there's clearly a bad person and you know they're keeping an eye on that person the whole time but it's just like why don't dumbledore and mcgonagall and snape and the other heads of houses all get together and be like all right fuck this this Things person's are different. trying to to <laughs> kill a student let, let's uh and kind of the student kind of our guy yeah let's not let this go on any longer let's stop this right now and then and then you know what happens they stop Voldemort there and then and it's over because i'm sure if dumbledore was down there and saw voldemort's face on the back of quirrell he knows something to do to be like and he's trapped on his head and we killed quirrell so everybody's dead i guess the horcruxes are still around yeah but still 
But still. But still. Um, another kind of discussion point, just kind of an interesting thing. And juxtaposition of characters. We talked about how Malfoy uh, basically set Harry and Ron up to basically be expelled. Because yes. he set him up to go by the third floor corridor and do the whole thing after hours and, and set up them and Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Uh, big clown. Now, juxtapose that to Hermione, who, when given the opportunity to rat on her friends, not even her friends, mm-hmm. housemates. Yeah. She says, no, 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 no. I read about trolls and I thought I blah, 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 blah. And she goes, yeah. does the whole thing. Here's what Hermione did. She took just the rules from Goodfellas and took them to heart. Never rat on your friends. That's right. And always keep your mouth shut. Those are the only two rules you need in life. That's it. And now she's going to go take this pinch like a man. Yeah. And and and, and let me tell you, I'm now Team Granger. I I said chapter on the fucking train ride to Hogwarts that Ron's the fucking man. Now Hermione's my fucking side bitch. That that chick is got game. Do we talk about before in a previous podcast or the one that we didn't record? But nobody reads these books and is like, I just see a lot of myself in Ron. Everyone sees themselves in Hermione because Hermione is the one who reads books. So yes. inherently, you're the like book Hermione. Are like, oh my goodness! Exactly. No one is like read it and be like, just just Ron really touched home with me. Ron touches home with me. I I am, am still Team Ron. I just totally friggin' get it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Hermione is is just she's awesome. She's a really cool character. Um, and the actress who plays her turns out to be kind of a babe. <laughs> so. So that was mad works. at that. Yeah. Uh, and then here, again, I have to come back to fucking McGonagall and her bullshit uh, protecting and, and boostering of Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. At this point, she takes away five points for Hermione mm-hmm. because they told everybody to go back to the dormitories. And to their knowledge, Hermione went running off for trolls. So she gets five points taken from him. Mm-hmm. Note that's the exact same points that Hermione got or that Harry got taken from him for not knowing questions. He should never mm-hmm. know the answers to. Uh, there needs to be a rubric. Immediately after that, before Ron and Harry can get out of the room, she awards them five points each because it's impressive that first years could take down a mountain troll. Well, it is. I don't dismiss <laughs> that. But fucking A, I'm in Hufflepuff. If you're telling me you get points for breaking the rules and going and hunting the troll, I'll rally the guys. This is our year. I know Slytherin's won it the last six years, and I know everyone's talking at Slytherin Gryffindor, and no one gives a shit about us. But I tell you what, enough of that. Tell me what. (laughs) The fist is bigger than the finger, my friend. I'm with you you 185,000%. So I'm saying Gryffindor just nets five points here. For all three, just going absolutely rogue. And it's because their house lady decides who gets points. You know when you play a game with like your brothers and you're like, you realize pretty quickly that the game is unfair. It's like and cups and friends. Exactly. And you, and you, <laughs> exactly. And you realize like, you know what? Even like, even if I'm winning, like I'm winning for just no arbitrary reason. Like pretty quickly, I think it'd be like, fuck this point system game. <laughs> it's totally... At the professor's discretion. Yes. This, this whole, None of it makes any sense. Uh, anyway, now I'm all flustered. But it actually mm-hmm. was a great chapter. And I'm fired up for the next chapter, for Quidditch. I'm fired up too. And, and hopefully, you know, next time. From now on, we're recording these. And, and so we'll be more on time. So for our uh, listeners, and we're, how close are we to being done with the chapter, the whole book? We've got another six chapters. Another six? Mm-hmm. Wow. So if we really bang these out, we've got three more three weeks, weeks of this. We'll, we'll, we'll package that up. And then we're actually going to make sort of a... A more of a marketing play. We're going to tell more people about this podcast. So if you're listening to this right now, 
you were one of the first you're 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 the one of the first adapters because i don't know how big this is going to be maybe we get 100 listeners i don't know but <laughs> podheads is going places i don't know if it is we'll see we got to record more often yeah <laughs> but i can tell you this if you're one of the you know give or take 20 to 35 listeners that we get on a weekly basis mm-hmm. on this first book you get a t-shirt oh yeah <laughs> whenever we make t-shirts that's that one's on the hizzy that one's on the his house okay. all right roll the music roll it thought you were leaving without saying goodbye did you